Hey guys, uh, I'm Javier Valenciano from Costa Rica, Costa Rica Black Belt from Athletic Advance in San Jose. Um, it's a pleasure to be talking with you guys and hopefully one day inviting you all you guys to come down here and train with us in beautiful Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, hey, hello everybody. Uh, this is Warren um, and yeah, we're sitting here in front of the beach right now. You can probably hear the waves in the background. Uh, we just got finished with a training session uh, with Daniel Gracie here at our Porta Vida Jiu-Jitsu camp. Javier's been here for a couple days now. He's training with us, and uh, he taught a session yesterday, taught us some uh, a nice little series um, how to enter into closed guard and an attack from there. And uh, today we did some gi training with Daniel Gracie. We also have Sean Williams, uh, one of the instructors, and also Juan Barantes, uh, some of the some of the people that that uh, have taught here so far. And uh, I, I was I, I'm really glad Javier's here with us because I I wanted to talk with one of the people. I think it, it's really amazing how much jujitsu has developed in Costa Rica, and. Javier's a, a competitor, not just not just uh, here in Costa Rica, but he competes in the United States. He's done really well in uh, the world, uh, the gi worlds before, and now now he's fighting MMA. And uh, let's start there. What? Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your MMA fights. Yeah. So um, back then in Costa Rica, when we when we started, it's still a fairly fairly new sport, but it grew super quickly. And uh, when we were starting, most of us, there was no jiu-jitsu tournaments at all, at all. So it was either you fought MMA or you didn't fight anything. So most of our team, I would say like uh, at least 80% of our top guys from back then all have fought MMA. So I think that, uh, that made the, the sport grow very quickly because it was super competitive. Everybody wanted to fight, everybody wanted to to get into fighting, it was it was to become a fighter, you know? It wasn't more, it wasn't about training, it was about learning to become a fighter. So it bred like a, like a big group of guys who all wanted to, to, be, to be fighters, like as a life, lifestyle. And that's how, that's how, kind of how we got to know each other. I lived down here, um, I came down first in 2003 and uh, I was, uh, you know, in that that first group of people, uh, we a lot of us uh, started training at Mauro Sergio. Actually, it was uh, Sean Williams, one of the guys at the camp, told me when I was training at Henzo's in New York, uh, when I was you know thinking about moving to Costa Rica, uh, just kind of coming down here, that I should find Mauro Sergio, and and I ended up finding him, and and yeah, it was that that really that initial group of just really. Um, really tough guys just wanting to compete compete with each, we competed with each other all the time and and we were all pretty young and it was it was great uh and it it just built uh really good competitors i think and uh um javier was one of the guys i met you know a little bit later but one of the people that really stood out to me and and you know a lot of other people too like uh uh, as as just a really intelligent way way he trained and uh, had a had a good very athletic and uh, you know we we you got your black belt actually from Daniel Gracie yeah. and you know kind of we as your career developed you kind of got away from uh, got away from from training exclusively with Mauro and uh, train you know went to the United States trained with Daniel Daniel came down here uh, Daniel Gracie and. Uh, and you kind of branched out a little bit with your training. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you, 
ended up being a teacher at at the school one of a, one of the premier I think probably a premier school in in San Jose Athletic Advance. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah. So uh, same thing. Like uh, jiu-jitsu was very very limited in terms of competition and stuff around here in, in Central America as a whole. So if you wanted to to evolve, you kind of had to to look for options. That's why I ended up uh, going a lot to train with Daniel to find tournaments to compete over there in the States and just like uh, follow follow that jiu-jitsu path as a competitor for a while. Then um, during that process, we, we ended up opening the Athletic Advance, which was, a, well, it still is a center for like a place where you can train, you have all the needs you, you need as a fighter, you can train them there. So basically it's a, a gym where you can become a professional fighter with all the needs there, right there. Because moving around in Costa Rica, is, traffic is not the best, so we developed this place to, to breed more, more fighters, more and more fighters, and that's what we're trying to continue to do. Everybody's welcome, of course, beginners, advanced, but if you wanna train for whatever, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, whatever, you have it all there. So we're very happy with the, with the process. We're still believing the dream of giving opportunity to guys to become fighters, you know? And um, we're breeding some very good talent down here. Yeah, uh, one of the guys was on the mat today with us, right? Uh, yeah. Talk, talk, tell us a little bit about, about yeah, him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of our up-and-coming fighters. He's like very, 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 very talented brown belt. And um, now he's very much into his pro MMA, MMA career. He fought in Japan in Pancras recently with a win over there. He's five and one now. He's a 125 Costa Rican champion, and he's about to make a, his debut in the States, hopefully in March. So, what organization is he gonna fight in? in the United uh, States? He's gonna fight in the East Coast, I think. Uh, is it uh, Cage Fury or CFFC? Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Either either one of those. He's gonna he's gonna fight 125, hopefully for the title. So you guys are gonna be hearing about him, Andre Barquero. You're gonna be hearing about him soon. Uh, check him out. Very talented young man. He's like 23 years old. He's a uh, he's a promising fighter. You're gonna be hearing about him soon. And we have a lot of other guys coming back right behind him. So get ready, guys. So if you're an MMA fan, uh, you know Costa Rica's got to got to start being on your radar as far as what guys that are gonna be up and coming onto the big stage. Uh, what what's next for you as far as competition, Javier? Um, I have to get a a little adjustments on my elbow, which I've been having uh, injuries for a while. And hopefully next year, I'm gonna be fighting MMA again. I've been pushing that back because of my elbow. So next year, I'll be coming back to MMA. Uh, we might be opening our second school. So lots of things coming up. I hope to be fighting in the States as well with Daniel over there. So we're gonna keep training hard. And uh, guys, if you have never come to Costa Rica, the Pura Vida Jiu-Jitsu camp is the best, best opportunity for you guys to visit the country. This is gonna give you a glimpse of what it is. There's like high, high level instruction here. There's Warren over here, Sean Williams, Daniel Gracie, and it's set up in one of the most, I think it's one of the most beautiful beaches we have in Guanacaste, which is uh, in the north part of the country. It's absolutely beautiful. Great Jiu-Jitsu right in the beachfront. And then you get a glimpse of what Costa Rica is, and then you guys can visit us whenever you guys want. Yeah, I think that's a nice thing about the Pura Vida camp. You get to meet people, and then you know the next time if you maybe maybe if you come into San Jose, you spend a couple of days with with uh, you know stop by Athletic Advance, see another part of the country, and then hopefully come back to the camp again next year. Um, 
so I wanted to see what your perspective on this. I, I know Costa Rica has been really special to me. I've, I've had the opportunity to travel a lot all over the world, and, and I know you have too. But I'm not from here, and, and sometimes it's a little bit different perspective. What do you think it is uh, that makes Costa Rica as a country so inviting for tourists? What do you think? What do you think that, that it is? Well, the name itself pretty much sums it up. It's one of those things that you kind of have to see it to to feel it. Is a pura vida lifestyle. That's like that's basically what it is. You guys have been around. Costa Rica has a vibe of uh, like. Latin Latin culture mixed with welcoming people, and you get to 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 see like the country almost like as a local. So you go end up going where locals go. You end up eating what they eat. You end up enjoying like like basically how they live. So right very very quickly, you you fall in love with this place because it's so welcoming and it's so so warm. We have perfect weather all year long. We have fruits all year long. We have music all year long so it's like it's a very very welcoming country and like it's hard to find such a a mixed country with like we're like number one in biodiversity in the world we have the biggest forests we have the most types of birds in the world and then we also have city we have things that you like it's a very easy easy country we have supermarkets we have whatever you need it's not like a it's a jungle the whole country right so it's it's easy to get around, it's easy to be around. You get a car, you can go anywhere. It's beautiful. If you haven't seen Costa Rica, guys, and you love jiu-jitsu, I promise you, you will love this camp and you will love coming here and you're gonna come back. Yeah, and two of the things you said are two things that I would say too, you know, from, from coming here. It's the vibe, and that's really, I know that's kind of a nebulous term, like the vibe, what's that mean? Uh, it, it's hard. It's really hard to describe, you know. I'm not, I'm not a good enough uh, wordsmith or poet to really put that into words, but, um, you know, like right now we're sitting here, there's a nice breeze, we hear the waves, uh, and it's, it's, the, it's just a little different. It's even different than a lot of other Latin countries, uh, Latin American countries. It's, it's um, it, so that's the one thing. And then the other thing that, that Javier mentioned, they have, they have all the amenities and stuff. It's, it's easy. It's not a hard, it's not a country where it, it's difficult to do things and get around. It, it's, it's very welcoming in that way too. So, so that, I, I guess, I guess we kind of see that a lot of the same things. And, and, uh, I, I know you've traveled around a lot, so that's, you know, you get, you have a good, a good judge, you know, a perspective on that, both traveled in the United States and a lot of other places too. So, um, Let's let's talk a little bit about get into some jujitsu training. Uh, what what do you think? Uh, well, let, let's start here. Let, what what was your, one of your favorite matches? Can you can you describe one of your favorite matches that you've had in competition? I think uh, I think a lot of people feel the same way. I think like um, jujitsu is a it's an ever learning process, and the way you evolve through the belts. Every single belt is like, oh, you, you get here, you get here, and it's like, oh, amazing, oh, amazing, oh, nice. But the moment you reach black belt, it's like, oh, shit, now it's now it's for real. Now it's what counts, you know? Like, now it's like the, the big leagues. Now it's uh, the real, the real fights. So I think, like, the your first competition as a black belt, it's always going to stay on your mind. It's like... Uh, it's like just being like a feeling like you were a kid before that. It's like, oh, I was just playing with kids before. Now, now it's like a real deal. And then the first time you win as a black belt, I think that's when you you 
you you feel like you've actually accomplished something. You feel like oh, I'm in the big leagues and I can I can win. I can win against anybody. You can you can fight like the real game. And it's like it's something you're always gonna gonna remember because the process is long. Like it takes a while to get your black belt. So you you feel like you're competing in purple belt. And it's like oh yeah, yeah nice nice. Oh you compete in bravo. And as soon as you get your black belt, it's like oh shit. Now it's like restart. Nothing else counted. Now it's like. <laughs> We're all over again, and it's like it's special. It's special for sure. Like making it like in the in the big leagues and like being there, just like competing as a black belt. I think everybody remembers their first competition as a black belt. Where where was your first win at black belt? Uh, it was in the I, I won the the Boston Open. It was uh, the, the yeah, Boston I Open IBJF. Yeah. It was it was it was special. Like you you feel like you you honestly feel I don't know. It's it's hard to explain unless you're there. You feel. The, the level is hard at any belt, of course. When you're purple belt, the level is super hard nowadays. Bramble, the same thing. But it's just like, it's just fighting in like, uh, or like playing any other sport in the, the, the Premier League, you know? It's like yeah. uh, being on the top of the chain and it's like, okay, now it's for real. Well, I, I think like kind of part of that is you, you well, at least when I got my black belt, I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm maybe don't believe in myself as much as I should, and and that was one of the reasons I wanted to compete because I wanted to, I wanted to say, well, I, I wanted to test myself and see if I really, you know, I mean, I believed in my teachers that gave me the belt, you know, and Henzo, you know, Henzo knows his stuff, so I'm not going to argue with that, but I, I, I needed to prove it to myself, and and I think it must have been even, even more sweet for you coming from a place where the, you know, jiu-jitsu was even newer. Of course, yeah. And 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 I, I always looked up to the guys from Costa Rica because I know how hard it is. One of the hardest battles in for if you're a competitor is to believe in yourself. Totally. And and if you don't have anybody, it's it, it sounds like people are like oh what what's that matter? You have somebody else that's done it. Well, it does matter. Like if if you're if you come from a team that has a a bunch of champions already, it's it's totally. easier. You know. Totally. No. That's that's such a big that that way you're explaining is such a big thing. Like you you don't you don't think it's that hard. I said like just by talking about it. But it's the same in any other sport. Like if you you, you play soccer and in your neighborhood there's a guy who's playing in the the World Cup. He's like, oh, I can do that too. You you believe in yourself because a guy next door to you did it. You know. You, you have it, that familiarity, right? Exactly. You you get to relate to to somebody in a whole different level, and it's like, oh, if he if he did it and he's from my neighborhood, I can do it too. But if in the whole country, like this is what happened to me in Costa Rica. In the whole country, there was, there still isn't no, I'm the only one from Costa Rica who has competed as a black belt of the world. So uh-huh. like, it's really hard. Like it was really hard for me as, as starting as a black belt to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I know I'm training with guys who are like black belt level. And I'm, I go to the States and I train with guys who are like black belt level competitors. But it's like, can a Costa Rican guy do it? Can I do it if I was I grew up here? Can I do it if I grew up in Costa Rica? training there can I do it and you have to kind of like find like a little victories in anything you do you know like if you have a good day in training then you have to like hold on to that and be like man yeah I can do this in the competition I can do it it doesn't matter where I'm from this guy I don't care if he's Brazilian I don't care if he's from America I don't care if he's from this team I don't care if he trains with seven world champions you have to find your little victories in everyday stuff that you do even if you're one day you're doing weights and you do 300 pounds it's like yeah yeah I feel strong I'm stronger than everybody I'm, I'm faster than everybody my technique is better than everybody and you have to have I feel like a stronger stronger will and you do, you, do you think those little victories build your will up is that kind of exactly uh, that's what you're saying you have to find those little victories and hold on to them to, for then for the day of the competition it's like 
okay, I don't care who the, like I'm, I just train with my friends here, you know, like I'm, I'm here training with guys who uh, we've trained together, but we're all Costa Ricans. We're all like, we're the ones who are at the top of the spear, you know what I mean? We didn't, we didn't have a black belt world champion training with us. So it's like, we just have to believe in ourselves and be like, man, we're training so hard that it doesn't matter who they're putting in front of you. You can beat anybody. And it's, it's tough. It's tough for the mind, of course. Like, I, I feel like athletically, Everybody has their gifts, you know. Yeah. But it, it's the mind that makes a difference at that level, and you have to believe it. You have to, you have to be. It's not like a, it's not an ego thing. You don't have to inflate your ego. It's just like, it's, it's that you have to believe in yourself. You have to be believe that you can beat anybody in the world. And if you don't don't believe that, don't even try. You know? I, I really like that. I think that you can. Everybody can take something away from that. You know. We have an example of somebody from a, a country where jiu-jitsu is new. We kind of described how how it started a little bit and how, how, how you know, Javier came up. And, you know, that sounds – everybody says, oh, you got to believe in yourself. Well, there, he just gave you a great example of how how you can do that. It's just like training. You build it up. You build your will up. To, you build your belief in yourself up by those little victories. That's really great. I think that – I hope uh, – you know, and, and that's that applies to anybody because I think there's there's a feeling of that. You know, even like my school in Pittsburgh, uh, we're not you know we're not in California, we're not in New York, and you know we're, we're can, can Pittsburgh guys compete on the big stage or, or win this or, or that? And I think everybody ha- can have that feeling. So little victories there, take it take it from somebody who's done it and uh, use that for for training for your mental training. Uh, that that'll that'll really help you guys. Um, so talk. Let's talk a little bit about teaching now. Uh, you you also teach at Athletic Advance, and um, you teach mostly adult jujitsu, and you also work with the fighters, right? Yeah. You work with some of the, the fighters. Uh, for, first of all, how do you interact with other teachers? Do you have Do you have a striking coach at Athletic Advance, or how's what's the program like with that? Yeah, we do have. We there's actually pretty good boxing in Costa Rica. Like uh, the boxing level is is quite high. Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Panama has very good boxing, so we have we have boxing boxing instructors. But then uh, we've been blessed to be able to to go to Daniel School to train in New York to see in the like the big MMA programs. So then we we kind of have the responsibility of le- uh, teaching the guys how to how to mix it all. You know, they have good boxing. We hope we we're teaching them good jiu-jitsu. But then our role as a MMA coach is just like teaching them how to mix it all how to how to mix the striking with the wrestling how to mix the wrestling with the jiu-jitsu and then getting it all together so i think it was a a blessing and a curse to for us as um, such a small country we had to teach from a very young age like from a very young belt if you want to if you want to when when did did you start teaching i started teaching as a purple belt you know but that's pretty normal yeah Yeah, me too it was it was only purple belts here in that time you know we had there was a couple of black belts in the country but it's like you cannot go every day to where they are so you kind of had to start start teaching as a purple belt which is a blessing and a curse because you have to you have to right away fix or find the the ways to fix your teaching because it's, it's very different you can be a very good fighter but you you can be a very bad teacher what are what are some uh, what are some things that you've seen uh people do wrong as as teachers what's can, can you give an example of something that you think is a mistake that, that some teachers make i think or something one that you of learned? the biggest biggest mistakes as a teacher and i think this is as a teacher in, in whatever you do in life is believing that the path you took is a path for everybody you know what I mean? It's like 
you you believe that everything that worked for you, it has to work for everybody. But that's not the case. Everybody has their way of learning. Everybody has their way of teaching. And most importantly, in fighting, everybody has their style. So you have to be able to be like very adaptive, as in not as a, as in the way you teach, but as in and the way people receive the information that you're giving. So in some people you have to teach one way, some people you have to teach another way, and some people you have to push one way, and some people you have to push another way. And that's, you sometimes you, you just want to do it the way I did it because it worked for me, but you have to understand that everybody comes from different backgrounds, everybody has different athletic gifts, everybody has different athletics, like uh, not gifts, you know, like I had difficulty doing some stuff. So you have to be able to to be more like a more fluid in your teaching you know not you, you cannot have like one straight rule and it's like it's like this and it works for everybody because it won't work for everybody yeah everybody has their gifts everybody has their style you have to be able to to feel what the people are giving to you and what they need this is very important everybody needs different things as a as a as a, as a learning process so you have to you have to be able to ignite the fire underneath everybody in the specific way that everybody needs. I feel like sometimes instructors, because there are the instructors, they're like, no, no, this is what works, and they're set on that. They don't want to learn a new, a new thing. They don't want to listen. But as an instructor, you have to listen every day as well. You have to be as open as you were as a student. So you can, teaching, once you get to be a teacher, the, the process doesn't end there. You, you have so much to learn as to be a teacher. It's, Teaching is it's not about being a good fighter. You can be a terrible fighter and be a great teacher. Or you can be a great fighter and be a terrible teacher. You know what I mean? So it's an ever-learning process as well. It's not like, oh, now I'm a teacher, I can do whatever the hell I want. No, you have to be evolving as a teacher. You have to catch up with the techniques. If you're not watching, if you're an MMA fighter or MMA instructor and you're not watching fights, I don't know what you're doing because you, you have no idea what the fighters are doing nowadays. Same as if you're a jiu-jitsu instructor and you don't, you don't watch fights at all. It's like, come on, it's like, how are you supposed to learn? Who, who's, who do you like to watch in jiu-jitsu? Who's one of your favorite guys you're watching right now? I feel like, for me, I always like, um, I like the basics, you know? I like the basics, but then again, this is what I'm talking about. You can watch guys, I love watching guys like Buchecha, for example, which they do basic stuff, but he's a freight train, you know? Like, yeah. He's not, every, not, not everybody can do that. So then again, you have to watch everybody. I used to... It's not my style. I cannot do half the things he does, but like watching guys like Hafa Mendes, they have a very complete game, you know? You, you have to watch and see what they're doing. You have to watch guys, I feel like in every weight class, especially if you're a teacher. If you're a fighter, yeah, focus on your weight class, yeah. you know? Focus on your style, focus if you're a 155 guy, yeah, you watch 155 guys, you're not gonna watch uh, Brock Lesnar, you're, gonna, you're <laughs> not gonna watch Alistair Overeem, because what they do is not gonna work for you. You know what I mean? I don't know if you want to watch Brock Lesnar. For, yeah. I, I don't think there's. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, he has a mean double. Anything. Though. He has oh, a he was a great wrestler. He was wrestled in the same time as I wrestled. But, yeah. uh, but, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. his, his size is like not not comparable to anybody or whatever he, yeah. people do at heavyweight. If you're not a heavyweight, you shouldn't be watching that weight class. But as a teacher, you have to you have yeah. to do this. You have to watch every weight class. You have to watch. Like I can never move as a 125er ever yeah. and the techniques they do and the way they move they only them they can do it but if i want to coach a 125er i cannot coach him how i will fight i cannot coach him how a heavyweight will fight because then, then they will be so stiff and so they wouldn't move and they will get like outscored every single round yeah you know what i mean so as a teacher you have to watch every single weight class you have to watch the most matches you have to watch the, the mendes and then you have to watch the bucheches you have to watch the whole you have to watch all these guys 
Do you feel? Do you ever feel a conflict uh, uh, between uh, you as a teacher and you as a competitor? Do you ever, do you ever feel conflicted, or do you think they complement each other? Maybe sometimes it's both. What, what, how do you feel about that? I think it complements each other. I think it's, it's, it's only going to make you better. But it's what is what I do find hard is um, when you're trying to to prepare yourself for a fight, and then at the same time you're trying to to help at least uh, your let's say your beginner students get better because then when you're trying to get ready for a fight and you're very close to the fight you you want to keep the level high you know you want to keep that level of training high you don't want to get injured you don't want to train with somebody who might elbow you and uh, cut you or something like this so then it's like it's a balance of knowing when to train with who and knowing when to train with what we're lucky in our gym actually because we have a lot of black belts we have a lot of brown belts for uh, Costa Rican school so then when I'm getting ready for a fight, they, they take over. They take over the training with the new guys. They take over like following with the new guys. And then I can, I can get my hard rounds in, you know, because you, you have to push yourself in training if you're getting ready for a fight. You cannot just cruise every round, you know. Then you're going to gas out in the fight for sure. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're going to have to wrap this up. That was really, that, there's, I think, a really... Use some useful information, and uh, I hope I hope Javi, you can come down to the next camp we have. We're, we're planning on probably doing two of these next year, two weeks next year, and uh, uh, hopefully you can join us for for at least one. And I hope I see you before that, though. And uh, you know, like if anybody's in Costa Rica, get a, get a hold of them and and uh, go train at Athletic Advance. Uh, and also hope you can come up and visit us in Pittsburgh sometime. I do. Next time I'm in the East Coast, I'm going to head up there for sure. And guys, really, like, um, if you're listening to this and you're doubting or you don't know what Costa Rica look at, looks like or the vibe here, I can send you pictures, but it's, it won't do justice. Guys, you have to come here. Check it out for yourself. Like, there's nothing, nothing. I swear to God, there's nothing better in the world than training getting five steps in and being in the ocean right after that there's nothing better and it's a beautiful ocean hardly any waves you can basically float there for an hour and nothing's like you won't move where you are it's beautiful it's like the best feeling in the world and this place here is one of the jewels we have here in costa rica so guys if you're listening to this don't think about it anymore just do it and if you don't like it you can train for free at my school <laughs> there you go well Thanks, Javier. Thanks for uh, training with us, and, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you, guys.